0: Which part? The trans advocate part. No, nope, nothing, 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 nothing. Hey, if there's
1: nothing, there's no nothing.
2: Takes, no, takes, no takes. This is Kristen Williams, and you're listening to the Trans Advocate Podcast. Ooh. Today we have the regular crew, which is
0: Robyn
1: and Alexis,
2: and we also have Kuma.
1: Hi.
0: Yeah.
2: Kim is going to be talking about what's going on here in Houston with the intersex community and a couple of things that has been going on that's pretty remarkable um, here in Texas with the intersex community and intersex activism. Um, But before we get to that, we wanted to talk about some just general housekeeping stuff Things that are coming up. I know that we have HTGA every what, Monday. Every
0: Monday night.
2: That's right. Uh, Seven thirty. Yeah.
0: Yes, and then they go out to Empire Cafe for Empire. Cat we're Bop looking for a sponsorship. Come on, Empire. You
1: know, Robin sometimes <laughs> seems to forget about the HTGA meeting, but never the cake yeah, afterwards. I, 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 yeah, all that whole
0: meeting thing, <laughs> but the cake is delicious. <laughs>
1: Okay, and we have
2: the what the Unity Banquet coming up. You know, we do
0: twenty-fifth anniversary. It's a big uh, deal. Have
1: oh, some really we've been cool speakers. For years.
0: <laughs>
1: we haven't, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we have if we put everyone together exactly. thinking about this. But yeah, it uh, it's on the fourth of November. November 4th. It's a Saturday. <laughs> we still have some tickets available, but not a whole lot. In fact, we have less than I thought we had available once I went and put everything together to make sure we knew who all were coming and all that type stuff so if you want a ticket unitybanquet.com best place to go
0: sooner than later
2: (laughs) (laughs) right right because I think that tends to sell out every single Mm -hmm. year that I I know of yeah Mm -hmm. it's like pretty awesome to have like several hundred uh, people in one room to talk about you know all kind all kinds of trans expressions and you've got Texas politicians in the room <laughs> you know it's pretty it's a it's a very interesting thing I remember whenever uh, Kate Bornstein came down she was like going to teach us about you know how to be trans
1: and how to be inclusive <laughs>
0: I love that. Like in the middle of it, she started reading the the banner project. Like, <laughs> right. Oh wait, those people were in the room.
1: <laughs> but she yeah. had a really good time. Yeah, oh, it was, yeah. Her amazing. talk was I, awesome. And she
0: started working with the crowd. She was like, "Well, back in wait a minute, uh, Kristen, what year was this?" In? <laughs> that was great.
2: <laughs> okay, so that's November the fourth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And, and-, and one thing with the Unity Banquet is that. Uh, we pretty much let some of the people who've been around for a long time speak if they want to. We have several people that have asked to speak. We have no clue what they're going to say or talk about. <laughs> and we also know there's no way to control them. So <laughs> It's usually interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we have
2: Day of Remembrance coming
0: up. Day of Remembrance is going to be on a Saturday at U of H campus, November 18th. So it's just right around the corner at... Okay. Uh, if you want to help set up, it's at six. The actual programming will start at seven.
2: Okay, and coming right up is Intersex Awareness Day. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. Well,
3: that's actually tomorrow.
2: Oh, tomorrow. And it's what tomorrow. is tomorrow? What day?
3: The 26th.
2: Yay! Okay, so the 26th is—is is it always on the 26th?
3: Yes. O- always 26th. on October 26th.
2: So, how did this day come to be?
3: So, uh, several years ago, in goodness, I believe it was 1996, which may or may not be accurate, but around that time, uh, there, I'm trying. Um, no fact checking, no fact
0: checking.
3: You please do fact check that, that would be great to have the actual year because my brain is mush right now, anyway. Uh, yes, so in the 90s, we'll say mid-90s, mm-hmm. there was a protest at, in Boston um, at a annual pediatrics conference. Mm-hmm. So there was a group that called right. themselves Hermaphrodites with Attitude, Attitude.
2: That's right.
3: And they organized a protest of this event because there were m- many surgeons that were doing um, non-consensual... Uh, basically what we call in our community uh, infant genital mutilation surgeries. So, quote-unquote, normalizing surgeries on intersex infants. So they did a protest, and they were mm-hmm. supported by another group called the Transsexual Menace.
2: Right. So
3: that uh, that is very, very unique to our history and to the history of both the intersex and the trans groups. Uh, in our history of really working together and this was kind of this was our springboard moment this at least in the U.S. was that that moment where our community the intersex community was no longer afraid to stand up and speak out um, and to be visible Um, so that that was on October 26th and many of our intersex elders were actually participants in that
2: Right, and so tomorrow, I understand there's going to be a, a type of a ceremony going on down at City Hall, is that correct?
3: Well, the, the ceremony is actually on the 25th, Okay, and that is the illumination of Houston City Hall.
1: I see. Will that be this evening?
3: Yeah, well, yes, that is this evening. <laughs> is this
1: 25th
3: as, right in, as in later tonight. Oh
2: Ooh. my god. So I understand that that's kind of historic.
3: It is. So this is our third illumination. Our very first one was in 2015. And as far as we know, we were the first uh, city to ever have a government building illuminated in honor of Intersex Awareness Day. Um, So I've actually found out that this year in Australia, there's a bridge that is being illuminated for Intersex Awareness Day. So I feel like we we started a trend.
0: (laughs) Wait a minute. Houston, Texas (laughs) did that?
2: Right. And and I want to say that that's not the only thing that you guys have been doing. Um, I I understand that in this last legislative session, you were actually able to put together a bill and have it submitted to the Texas legislature.
3: Yes. Is that correct? Yes. So SB 1342 was a bill that would prevent medically unnecessary, like normalization, Mm. again, normalization in quotes, (laughs) surgeries on intersex minors in state care. Um, And we were, we were aided by Interact and some other intersex organizations and groups with with lots of input, um, the bill was sponsored by Sylvia Garcia. It was a lot of work and a lot of, a lot of talking and writing and rewriting. and.
2: Yeah, but I would say that, that that has to be the first intersex bill that's ever been considered in Texas. Yes. That's, that's pretty amazing, and I think that it's pretty amazing that you guys were able to do that.
3: Um, So from what we understand, there was one bill um, a year or two before ours directly related to the MC case that was put together by um, surprisingly like a very pretty conservative Republican politician in another state. Hmm. Um, And it didn't really get very far, but he was not intersex. Uh, It was based solely on this story that he had heard. So we did our bill and about a week after our bill was filed there was another bill in Nevada that had a segment uh relating to intersex folks that was also um created by intersex people. Mm. So that that bill was a little bit different because it was it was a it was a section of a much larger bill uh in regards to things that doctors should and shouldn't do and and their bill actually had would have had like um repercussions punishments for doctors that would do non-consensual genital surgeries Um, but their their bill died in session i think and well, so did ours. So but it's still first. <laughs>
0: well We know. got
3: farther than we ever expected. And
0: I'm just have, a bill that died in session. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how,
1: how far did the bill get? I I don't know. I'm being a really polite <laughs> look. It got, it, got in, it got into committee, assigned by a committee, right. and heard in a committee. Wow uh, That's the, pretty the, amazing. You know, and the Texas be... Senate is not friendly to the G O B T Q I et cetera. Uh, world. And so it's surprising they even got to committee, let alone heard in committee, Uh, but it did. Typically what you find is right now with the Texas Senate, it'll be a 22 to 11 vote, uh, (laughs) plus or minus one. (laughs) And then it goes over to the House and they actually do all the work and decide things. I I think uh, Senator Garcia also mentioned, and so did a couple of the people in the House, that typically it takes three terms to get a bill through. If it gets anywhere in the first term, that's a good thing. And then the second term, they have a chance of maybe getting it a little further, but usually it takes three terms to do it. So it, it'll be around for a while, right?
3: We I mean, we did not expect it to pass on first first try. Um, but the fact that the bill was even created was historic mm-hmm. for us. So hopefully in the future, with some more work we will see something either as the bill was originally written or maybe in a different format but we will see something happen so
2: uh, your intention is to have it resubmitted
3: absolutely. absolutely okay okay
0: well and i wonder for people that don't know a lot about the process how many hours would you say you already put into this like every, as this every day you guys every do a lot. day <laughs>
3: so oh, yeah. I'm the I'm the co-founder of the Houston Intersex Society, and the other co-founder uh, rents a room from me. So every day we talk about this stuff. Every day,
0: like a- after coffee, like
3: while we are cleaning and washing dishes, while
0: you're caking,
3: yeah, like yeah. flipping through channels. Like it's it's always in discussion the discussion never ceases
1: and working up to the uh, legislative session and getting the bill submitted how much time did that take or how long
3: i don't even know how to answer that i something that i never kept track of well, i think just...
1: the first hope of getting it submitted was probably in december or january at the legislative forum when it, it got a good hearing from um Senator Garcia, shall we say, and several other people on the panel. And then it was submitted Not uh, probably four months after that, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe five.
0: And that was what the political caucus did, right?
1: The forum was what the political caucus did. It it was a legislative forum that we did. Hmm. So, I mean, it takes some time and and effort, and then it'll take more time and effort, and more time and effort, and then you have to go (laughs) testify, and...
2: How what is your experience with the intersex community here in Houston? Yeah, uh, I would uh, you know, now we actually have an intersex group. Now we actually have intersex political action. That's not always been the case. Whenever I first my first trans meeting was run by a straight drag queen, an intersex person who also identified as a trans woman and a transsexual so, like my well, first experience of
0: afterwards yeah, like, what? <laughs> that that my first experience right. of,
2: of Houston's community was just diverse, right. and it's always been that way. So, but my experience of the intersex community has always been wrapped up in the trans community, and like I said, we we now have a trans, an intersex group, intersex specific. Policy, how did that come to be?
3: Goodness, um, so at least for the formation of the intersex group, um, it it started by me and the other co-founder reconnecting. Um, we had been going; we knew each other as teenagers, and we had gone to the same youth group. Oh, really? For every Friday night for years sat next to each other sometimes (laughs) didn't know the other was intersex and at that like at that time we both felt like we were the only intersex person on the face of the earth (laughs) like we were both convinced that we would never meet another person like us like ourselves and I I'm an artist and I do a lot of performance I had done a performance related to being intersex and one of his friends had shared it and he saw it and he contacted me and messaged me. And I was like, Oh, I'm at the TG center. And he was like, stay there. I'm coming over. (laughs) So we reconnected. And like that day we were like, we're going to start a group because nobody else should feel that way. Um, People need to know that there are other people there. So when we started the group, that was goodness, 25, 20, goodness I don't even know do you remember when when it was
2: uh, let's see the, well, the I started thrift, teaching that yoga been, there like, at
0: 2012
3: that could have been 20?
0: 2012 because I started 2012? teaching yoga there in yeah. 2009 so 2009 was when we were just about to leave Fargo and go right. to the Pacific yeah. was and it was that Pacific? Pacific so, so okay. probably like 2012
3: Yeah. Um. wow Goodness. It's been a, it's yeah. been a <laughs> So when we started the group, our intention was to be like a social and support group and have a meeting every week. And um, <laughs> we quickly found out that the needs of our community was not necessarily that, that it was something different. Um, and my experience was that I would have a lot of people contact me and then like tell me their whole life story and then say, but I don't wanna be a part of a group. I don't like, I just wanna live my life. I just wanna be this or that or or do whatever. So we focused more on education and outreach, um, doing a lot of panels, uh, speaking at universities, uh, magazine interviews, things like that, but still also creating social events uh, that are community events so mm-hmm. movie screenings and um because i am an artist like i do a lot of arts oriented work so having arts and performance education through that uh,
0: you you have something coming up that is combining the two right are you have yes a, yes a film about intersex
3: yes so i'm also work with gender real houston which is a trans and gender diverse film festival and right. we have an event on sunday the 29th which is a screening of the movie Both by uh, Lissette Barcellos. And that film is one of the few intersex-themed films made by an intersex person that I could find. Uh, Mm -hmm. That is not a documentary. It's actually a narrative. Mm -hmm. So...
0: And then can you say the time and if there's a cost for people
3: who are interested? Sure. So the screening is October 29th. That is a Sunday at 2 p.m. at 14 Pews. That is 800 Aurora Street. And it is pay what you can. Gotcha.
0: Nice.
1: So all you rich people out there, bring money. Lots (laughs) and lots lots of money. Lots of
2: money.
0: money. (laughs) And haven't you and Mo had uh, intersex awareness meetings? Days that people have attended I mean I remember I remember at frenetic there has been a, like a timeline where you present films by interact and I mean you kind of make a day of it right
3: yes so in the past we've done like one day where we have programming this year we've been trying to do an entire week full of programming oh, that's uh, so more spread out um, so Monday there was a little blurb on queer voices and yesterday we did a small live streamed event from Microspace Houston that was music and spoken word. And then we also we we took questions from um, anybody that wanted to ask us a question anonymously. Uh, we used the app. S- Saraha? I don't know. Or Saraha? I'm not sure how you pronounce it.
2: I'm old, so I don't know.
0: It's
3: <laughs> yeah, It was an app that was like trending a while back.
0: How'd that go?
3: It went really well. We got a lot of really good questions. We didn't get any like trolling questions. They oh, all fantastic. seemed really sincere. My favorite question though was someone asked. Um, they basically said, "I'm um, a cis man, like a white cis man, and I'm attracted to non-normative, non-binary bodies. Does this make me a fetishist?" And I was, I was really not expecting so in-depth questions. So it was really... uh, There were some questions that brought up some some really interesting conversation. Um, There was another question about, like, reparations and, and how we felt about that. So there was... There, I was kind of expecting, like, what's the difference between trans and intersex? And, like, you know, and we, we ended up getting some that caught us really off guard. There were a lot of really, really good questions. Which,
1: by the way, is what I seem to be asked in just about every talk I give. Mm-hmm. You know, what is intersex? So what is intersex? Mm-hmm.
3: Intersex is when someone is born with anatomy or chromosomes. Usually it's internal or external genitalia and gonads that are somewhere in between what is considered standard for male or female. So the old word for that was hermaphrodite, but we typically don't use that word because it's really misleading and it insinuates that someone has both sets of fully functioning uh, reproductive organs, which doesn't really happen in, in people. As far as medical diagnosis, diagnoses, there are over 30 different recognized diagnoses of intersex. Um, But there's also um, several folks that don't get diagnoses um, that know that they are intersex. Um, There's typically they say that the estimates are about one in 1000 to one in 2000, which is about the same number of people that have red hair or green eyes, about the same number of twins. So that number also is specific to people who are born intersex that have notable anatomy, notable intersex traits at birth. Mm. Um, And so sometimes people don't find out that they're intersex until they don't start puberty or until they have fertility issues. So the number is really just kind of an estimate. We don't really know what that number is, but it's basically being born with a With a body that is not typical of medically understood male or female. So
2: I've heard a different term other than intersex and the older term hermaphrodite, and that is disorders of interest. What is it? Disorders of
3: disorders of sexual development. development. Yes. Yes.
2: All right. So how do you feel about this disordered label?
3: So personally, I don't like it. I don't feel like I'm disordered. I feel like I have a natural variation. There are other people that prefer uh, the label DSD because they consider themselves, usually the folks that embrace the DSD label have a binary gender identity, and so they feel like they are... A woman or a man that has a disorder that makes their body different so they prefer to view their experience from this medicalized um, Mm. way.
2: And uh, I've heard some uh, some people try to kind of bridge that gap by using the term differences of sexual development. Is that a term that's uh, generally used or accepted?
3: So that term is sometimes used uh, mm. By folks, it's it's difficult though because I mean, it it's called DSD, mm. uh, and so then it's up to personal interpretation of whether you're going to allow that first D to be disordered or difference. Gotcha. Um, but when I hear it, it's disordered. Yeah. And it's it's very strange because, um, so like with W path, it was like. You know when they focused on trans issues, it was like we're moving away from gender identity disorder we 're not disordered, mm-hmm. but they still advocated for like d s d language right which is very confusing to mm-hmm. me um and i don't view my body as disordered; mm-hmm. it is different, but i can't i can't hear d s d and not hear disordered mm-hmm. because it is medicalized language, and that right. medicalized anything really is going to view me as an other, whether that's disordered or whether that's different. Instead of saying, I have a natural variation or I have intersex traits, Mm -hmm. it's different or disordered.
2: And so can you talk, uh, and I've not really seen this actually in real life, like, um especially in our community but there seems to be some tension between the the intersex community and the trans community at least i've seen online i've i've seen that uh talked uh, you know and that's generally around i've i've you know seen people go oh i'm i'm intersex i'm not really trans i'm intersex so you know that kind of narrative uh can you talk about you know, how is that for you as an intersex person to uh, come across people who either you know, oh, I'm not really trans. I'm not you know, I'm I'm really you know intersex, and so I really have to transition. Um, do you see those narratives play out? If so, how do you deal with them? Is that an issue? You know, at least online, do you see that talked about?
3: Yes, and. It is both frustrating and heartbreaking at the same time. It's frustrating because when that happens, a lot of times those individuals are giving misinformation about intersex. Um, Right. It is heartbreaking because intersex is then number one trivialized Mm -hmm. like the abuses that we face medical abuses and all this other stuff is trivialized or erased because there's this assumption that intersex is super easy right but it's also heartbreaking because when people do that they're trying to justify being trans Mm -hmm. and they're telling themselves that there's something wrong with being trans right and there's not like if you're trans you're trans if you're intersex Mm -hmm. you're intersex um sometimes people are both like i identify as Mm -hmm. both but it's really heartbreaking because it's this internalized transphobia that is mm-hmm. becoming outward um, and it's damaging to the intersex community because it, it confuses other people when we're trying to, t- to tell our stories and we have these other stories that are not similar to our experiences or they, they come along with misinformation. Uh, especially when those folks try to act as educators about intersex issues and intersex experiences. But it it also creates some tension because there are folks in the intersex community who are either trans-ignorant or transphobic. Like, that sometimes happens too. Mm -hmm. And so there can be this, this really difficult kind of space where we have folks that are claiming that Um, all trans people are intersex Um, the idea of like brain intersex or when trans folks will try to use intersex as a justification of their being trans Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's it always kind of falls back to this this concept of or this belief that intersex is real and trans is not or that trans is like a a psychological disorder or something Mm -hmm. and intersex is something that you can see and therefore it's more valid and it's not, they're just different. Um, and that's, that's the big thing that I try to really explain in both communities. Like as someone who's, who's intersex, that's part of the trans community It's this constant kind of reminder of intersex is not easy. Like Mm -hmm. these are, these are all these horror stories that I've come up with against because of being intersex and because of having an intersex body um, even as an adult like I can't access the same kind of medical care that trans people can get or I have a more difficult time uh, accessing certain types of care and and so reminding people like no intersex is not easier it's not this fun like oh it's super cool like it, it comes with its own issues and also that there is nothing wrong with being trans intersex is not more valid than trans is they're both valid um they're just different experiences
2: gotcha and i I wanted to just kind of so some of this stuff uh, i i see the discourse it's it's different in actual real life and then online online i see some um some I would call them sex essentialist activists, um, people who believe that either God or capital in nature created man and woman and that everything else is aberrant in some way. Now that could be because they have a theological position or an ideological position, but for for some reason, out of this ideology, they believe that there are these two things, and anything else is aberrant. So if you're trans, you're aberrant, you're non-natural. Um, um, let's see, Janice Raymond made that claim in her book, uh, Transsexual Empire, that we're non-natural, that we're synthetic products, those kinds of things. Um, and. Some of the toxic narrative that I see directed at intersex people from those sex essentialists is that uh, you know intersex people they're really one or the other, and there is no in between. How how do you deal with those kinds of assertions?
3: <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, for me that 's a lot harder because i don 't identify as one or the other there are mm-hmm. There are some intersex people who do a, have a a binary gender orientation or gender identity there 's also a lot of us that are non binary or gender fluid or bigender or whatever so <laughs> i try to, I, I try to avoid uh spaces where <laughs> people are being
1: animals (laughs) (laughs) i didn't say it you said it but And, and you know one of the big problems is that when you really get down to it anything binary is unnatural it simply does not occur naturally in nature you can't find any situation where there is something that occurs only as a binary with no little edge versions of it or nuances or anything else so you know by definition, the naturalist with the capital N uh, are unnatural. <laughs>
0: and and this, is, this is really reminding me. I'm, I'm so grateful to hear your story now in 2017 because, you know, in 2010 when we were writing the gender book and we were putting our very first, very first illustration out on the Internet as to what we're going to do, we, we presented the transgender umbrella. Oh, the and, umbrella. And, yeah, you Claimed know, <laughs>
1: and, and, by half the people in the world and denied by the other. Yes,
0: <laughs> exactly, right? And, and we had um, intersex under the umbrella, under the transgender umbrella, mm-hmm. because we knew Kuma. Right. You know, and Kuma is both, you know? <laughs> and, and, I, you know, I just love your story about how you and Mo grew up and didn't know you're both you sitting next to each other and you're both intersex. Like, you didn't know because people don't necessarily wear it on their sleeve right you know and um and so we weren't super familiar as the writers of the gender book of all the nuances of each identity under the umbrella we were just doing the 101 right so we put this illustration on the internet we had just had our website put up and it was the first illustration we put up there And we went to sleep and within 24 hours (laughs) it was crazy within 24 hours woke up and something like the institution of intersex somethingness in australia wrote us a very formal letter saying please immediately uh take this image down and and i and i kind of get the feeling it was you know probably a hater group that was writing this not a legit organization because when we went to go try to google it see where this organization was who's writing us we couldn't really find anything but it was a very formal letter saying that in Australia they had intersex rights uh, established for people to have surgeries and they don't associate themselves with transgender people because transgender people are associated with Uh, The gays and the lesbians and they wouldn't be able to get their surgeries if they were associated with the sexuality umbrella So it's just bringing all this back to my mind. We started off with like current issues But even in 2010 within 24 hours, you're talking about those How do you tell what's happening in real life versus internet stuff? Mm -hmm. It occurred as if it was really real and and the way this letter read was like Like we're gonna take action if you don't alter this image (laughs) and so here we were just you know a gaggle of people that were willing to put out a 101 book and we weren't going to get too heady about it we're like okay well since this is an institution and they're very serious (laughs) like we didn't even take time to do much research but uh, we decided that okay well we actually do know someone who identifies as transgender and who is also intersex so what we're going to do is give them their rightfully deserved own page. <laughs> right, right. And like, this is a topic that deserves so much spotlight because we don't know so much about it, right? And But in current times, Kuma, I wonder, in 2017, do you find that there's still that war of... Like, if you were just normalized, like what Alexis was saying, like and what Kristen was saying, like, if you were just normalized and all you had to have was just some surgeries because you are the binary, you know, then maybe policies would get passed faster, like in some countries, if you weren't associated with the gays and the lesbians. You know, like, do you feel like and that's happening in America? Because, I, I mean, in 2017, you can kind of see a little flavor of that. Well,
3: right. I think in, in America, at least,
0: America.
2: <laughs> America.
3: <laughs> Down here in the South. Yeah. I, I feel like there's enough embracing of, like non-binary identities and gender orientations and various different sexualities that you can't really expect or request the folks within the intersex community who have like non-binary identities Mm -hmm. or or identify as, you know, LGB or, you know, whatever, or identify as trans to... Hide that right. for the benefit of everybody else. There was an article that was put out very recently about two intersex individuals in Russia mm-hmm. and how a lot of the intersex groups there do try to separate from like LGBT for safety because it is right, such a safety issue. Rounded
2: up and right. put in prison, right? And killed.
3: So Wow. but that is such a radically different experience than like the American experience. Right. But I, you know, looking back to like, I, I think having, having the, the two page spread in the uh, gender book w- really was for the best. I mean, sure. Sure. Yeah, uh, sure. there are definitely intersex folks that identify as trans and there are definitely intersex folks that don't identify as trans, mm-hmm. so to have it under the trans umbrella is, is difficult, and it's kind of the same thing of, like, when we include the I in LGBTQI plus. Mm-hmm. You know, some people do and some people don't. So it's, it's one of those things that there are some people within the intersex community that intentionally will write that out with, like, a lowercase i to kind of start that discussion. Um, because it like our community is is so diverse and varied just within the intersex community uh and i've met i've met the most like very very binary conservative straight intersex people there are people that are similar to me that are very like <laughs> out there and and queer super queer and and you know all so these really other like things. It is its own spectrum. But, but, is a, own spectrum. Yeah. but isn't
2: wow. that the same for everyone? I mean, I know. Oh well, yeah. Trans people who are like, oh, don't call me. I'm yeah. not trans. I'm not. You know, I'm a transsexual, and I don't don't associate me with those nasty people over there. I'm normal. You know that kind of. Well, even of, like
0: cis people have a spectrum. Like there's the geek, <laughs> the the jerk. You know, <laughs> the awesomeness, You know, the, there, to the So,
3: assholes. back <laughs> to the assholes. <laughs> There are assholes yeah, in
1: every right,
0: community. Like say, it's the, the there's, movement has an asshole.
1: It's the manly man bit. Yes, the manly
0: man, the
1: Yes. Yeah. It, it occurs to me it's that, that this is going to get more complicated. Uh, Always does. Two, of course, it never gets simpler <laughs> for some reason. Uh, two, two or three months ago, two or three months ago, Scientific American uh, published an article about the physical markers that they're finding for transgender identities. Oh, right, right. There are quite a few. So, by definition, if I have a physical difference and it falls in there, then I start to get into the well, does that make me suddenly intersexed or not? And who knows, you know?
2: Well, there's that whole spectrum. Like, there's uh, Kuma, you had talked about the whole uh, so called brain sex thing. Um, And I, I think whenever, I mean, to to use this shitty academic speak ontology that's what we're talking about what is what does it mean to be something what does it mean to be trans what does it mean to be intersex what does it mean to be man and woman you know what goes into that you know succinctly you know and and not in between but it 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 contains only this and uh it reminds me of a, a criticism that uh an american radical feminist named ruth hershberger made in the 1940s she was writing about um how it sucks for women part of the oppression that women face is uh we grew up with these idealized bodies Mm -hmm. you know you see them in uh Textbooks and stuff. There's the manly man with the broad shoulders and they're, you know, 12 foot tall and then there's the womanly woman Super wide hips and huge breasts and you know all this other stuff and
0: playboys like photoshop
2: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, exactly that those those ideals of what we call man and woman that those are constructs and that I actually most people do not fall into exactly. those binaries. You know, there are women with wide shoulders. There are, mm-hmm. you know, there's all of these physical traits that do not perfectly match up, and that that's, that's
0: something. <laughs> well, yeah, <Right>. and <laughs> that that's
2: something that women <laughs> um, deal with on a daily basis, right. going through makeup and hair and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess corsets at the time Absolutely. and all of that stuff to try to make their physical body match this mm-hmm. fake idea.
0: And they're bringing a lot of that back. Like the, the, the waist trimmers and things like that. You know, people, their advertised as working out with them, but people wear them all day long.
1: Well, okay. yeah. And, and I think the thing is that if it seems that society starts to become accustomed to one of these styles, which is what it mm-hmm. really is, mm. we change the style. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we change what's perfect. I mean, you know, there was a period of time when extremely narrow hips and no breasts for women were the absolute oh, right, perfect yeah. look. And of yeah, course, hair's back, a, a, and hair. the people who essentially had the look a few years before that were really in trouble because it was wide hips and big breasts. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, then, about the time that everyone got so skinny that they were about to die, uh, <laughs> we changed it again. <laughs>
2: Right, right. right, they call that heroin chic. oh yes, uh, right, She's and probably, and then you know, and yeah.
1: it's not quite as radical for men, but it really is. If you start looking at some of the things, it, it's like a different look. Hmm. Uh, in, in the twenties, thirties, and forties, I mean, a really large, fat stomach was really in style because that showed you had money to Let's bring it back. You know, <laughs> I mean, no, uh,
2: for the intersex community, whenever we get to talking, uh, naturally talking about differences of sexual development, Um, you know, intersex bodies will generally lead somewhere to talking about these idealized notions of what male and female is because you're talking about bodies and what these bodies mean and what are they categorized at. How does the intersex community, how does your group work with facilitating those, those conversations in a way that isn't disrespectful. If there's, you know, someone busting into a tran- an intersex space talking about, you know, well, you know, I'm really intersex and you must accept me because, you know, whatever. I mean, how does that work?
3: A lot of times it I think the discomfort of our conversations about the experiences that we have as intersex people usually kind of slowly pushes those individuals out. <laughs> um, John which is done.
0: I John mean <laughs> and it, it, it is
3: a it is a very real thing, right? Like so with intersex, it all kind of boils down to genitals, gonads, chromosomes, and the otherness, like mm-hmm. the the treatment that we receive because of those traits. right. And it, it kind of goes back to reminding folks like it's not this like super happy, oh, we're better than you because mm-hmm. we're this. It's not. It's we have received horrific treatment because of this. Some of us are trying to transition to a binary gender. Some of us are Mm non-binary. You know, for some folks, that's where they come into trans spaces. And so when we do have those conversations of this was my experience of being sedated and strapped to a board when I was seven and have doctors, you know, probe my genitals and take photos of me. Suddenly it's not as validating to make those claims anymore and we've Mm -hmm. seen people come into these groups and then just never come back Hmm. because they don't have that shared experience and it it suddenly becomes very real that like this is not easier than being trans it's not more valid or anything like that it's just different and it it's it is really unfortunate too like we're trying very very hard to prevent those experiences from happening in other intersex young people right and provide the support that we need for other intersex folks that have experienced that trauma to get through that for the intersex community as a whole like our goal is to have a future where those conversations aren't being had by our our intersex youth as they grow up and and we we are seeing where there are more intersex young people who are intact, where their bodies are not surgically altered, and and their parents are, are advocating for them and, and making sure that they're treated with respect. But they still are involved enough to know that it still happens to other people, so they still have those discussions with us as well. And I
0: just wonder, you know, if you're saying... Uh, there's the same amount of intersex people as there are redheads and people with green eyes, but at the same time, what has you be under that category, if you will, is so vastly different, you know, from, uh, gonads to chromosomes. If you were in a, if you were able, if you are able to find people that labeled themselves intersex that were having an experience of that, I can just imagine that even in a support group, everyone could rightfully have their really own unique expression of that like Mm -hmm. how do you guys find commonality how do you find that support you know because I mean being strapped to a board may be very different than somebody who has just different secondary sex chromosomes later on Mm -hmm. during the years right
3: right for me that I think that experience um, so there's a AISDSD conference that happens there's a conference that happens every year uh, the next one will be in chicago and that is an incredibly diverse group of intersex folks of all different experiences that kind of come together and so we do see uh, with different like workshops and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, those different experiences um but it's <laughs> I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. No, no, like, no,
2: no. I I, mean, I, I, I just didn't... recalled this, yeah. this. 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 You were. Uh. You were telling me that you were giving this talk as an intersex person who's trans, and someone, some drunken person, burst into the room to correct you, <laughs> on. Um, oh god. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, that happens sometimes. My favorite is. Um. I had. I had an, a trans community person tell me that I could not call myself a hermaphrodite. Oh, okay. So, but I mean, it's like a reclaimed term, right? So, <laughs> yes, I can call myself this. <laughs> Please don't call someone else that. Uh, right.
0: And so for people who are listening and they're, they're, you know, finally finding community or want more resources, how can they get in touch with you?
3: Well, they can find us on Facebook uh, at the Houston Intersex Society.
0: And then we have a page on our um, tfahouston.com. You guys are listed as a group, the Intersex Society support group, if people wanted to donate towards your group. Yes. Do you have your own individual website or just that's the contact point?
3: That is the best contact point. We, I think there is a... WordPress site out there somewhere that has not been updated in a long time. No
0: worries, not to call you so, out. I've been busy, if you've been, but if you've other, been
3: listening to the uh, to this bo- podcast, you will understand that we've been incredibly busy <laughs> writing bills and doing film festivals. So, so.
0: One, one more time with the conference <laughs> and the they, conference, in case and, they wanted to go to that conference.
3: Uh, that is the AISDSD. Conference. It's a yearly conference. There's also uh, the AISDSD support group, which is a national um, support group. And there's also there's various different organizations. What about as well. that OII? That is organization Intersex International. There's a there are ones for different representing different countries. So there's a North American one. There's an Australian one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Interact, which is specific to intersex youth and young adults.
0: And is there any one country or culture that's really rocking it and support for the intersex community? Like are we... Are Houston, we, Texas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> I had to ask. What, what, once
1: again, them. one of those Houston isn't like Texas things.
0: <laughs> what does what um, Rachel Maddow say? It's Houston. <laughs> it's Houston. <laughs>
2: okay well is there anything else that y'all wanted to say before we close no
0: i think unity banquet dor the gender real screening this weekend that's Mm. a lot of things going on
3: i would encourage folks to check out uh intersexday.org to learn more um there's there's an about section where you can learn um More of the story about um, the protest in Boston that happened from folks that were actually there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also various different uh, articles written by different intersex people from all over. So there's there's photos of what people are doing in different areas as well.
1: And will there be anyone down at City Hall this evening? There will. I will be there
3: and so will Mo. We'll be live streaming (laughs) so if you can't get down there uh, if you check out the Houston Intersex Society Facebook page, we'll be streaming our faces with City Hall lit up yellow and purple behind us, where we just like smile and look awkwardly <laughs> can into the camera. I don't know how long we can stand there and just <laughs> smile.
1: At least three hours. Come on. <laughs> I mean, till the, till the arm goes numb and you faint. Well, you know, I say that, right?
3: but like the thing that we did yesterday. We were like, oh, we'll do this for like 30 minutes. I think our live stream ended up being like three hours long. It got pretty
0: fast yesterday, so this (laughs) this might be quick. Yeah.
2: Wow. All right. Well, um, thank you, Kuma, for joining us today. Thank you for coming out. And we'll catch you next time. Is
0: there anything you want to say about Trans Advocate Updates?
2: Uh no. No. No, no. No. The okay. mm-hmm. no. 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 Trans Advocate still is round. We'll yeah, it out. We'll let it out. And I think we're gonna, you know, try to keep the podcast going on a weekly basis.
1: Not exactly sure what we're gonna talk about, but we never are. That's right. <laughs> All right, tune in next time.